Ramblers, let's get rambling. Episode 626 on my podcast, A Home Intelligent Rambling, right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm your host, Russ Hale, one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. Welcome to the show and heading into 15 years now of podcasting to you fine folks out there. Got just a lot to talk about today. You could almost say today... I have a monster of a show. Yeah, I just did that. So that's a hint on what's to come. But before we get into what I'm going to review today, I did want to uh, talk about what's happened this past weekend uh, when it comes to the world of gaming. Yeah, I do occasionally talk about games on this show because it's all part of pop culture. Of course, this year, once again, had E3, the electronic entertainment expo and this year again it's virtual because of the global pandemic now let's all hope that you know next year 2022 maybe things will be different and the world can open up a little more and that can happen i get to go to an e3 i it looks so cool i don't ever get to go down one in person so i had a chance so like every year I try to at least cover some of the um, live streams and some preference conferences, you know, the, the presentations that the um, video game companies do. And what's interesting about this year is that this year marks the third year in a row that Sony has, <laughs> has not wanting to do any kind of presentation. Yeah. Microsoft was there, Microsoft slash Bethesda, more on that in a minute, and Nintendo, and a lot of other companies, Square Enix, but but not Sony. Sony is is probably, mark my words, um, eventually probably going to do their own state of the Play Nation, whatever address, sometime this year, but they, they yeah, didn't want to show this year, and it's so weird, and, and you watch come come next year and you know maybe there's a crowd again wouldn't surprise me if they return so i can tell you now i won't be talking anything about sony today now the 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 whole e3 event was a long one even even being virtually it ran from june 12th right up until june 15th so i'm not gonna at the time of this recording i'm not gonna talk about the whole event because there's so much, and there's some things I haven't seen yet. I haven't had a chance to watch um, anything from Nintendos, even though I don't own a Nintendo. It's, I'm always curious to see what they have to offer, and are now they offering a title that would make me want to get a Switch? <laughs> and that's kind of thing. And there's a few other ones that I haven't had a chance to check out, including the the indie uh, showcases. Sometimes indie games can be very interesting. <laughs> and, uh, and a few others along the way and in Capcom too I had a chance to check out there so maybe we'll do like a E3 part 2 in an upcoming episode but for now 
we're going to focus on are the ones I did get a chance to check out. And that would be the, the, um, the, the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase, which I actually had a chance to participate on the Discord server with. This is the first time everybody, I watch all these YouTubers in Discord, Discord, Discord. And I actually got to, you know, try Discord for the first time as part of that showcase. And a big, big thanks goes out to the nice folks at Microsoft Canada and and then and Veritas uh, Inc. Who, who provide me with a lot of the Microsoft stuff. They I got a chance to invite into that Discord. It was a lot of fun. And if you check out my Twitter, I, I you know, put out an announcement there. So, yeah. So, and, and met a lot of nice fellow gamers, gains and followers. So that was really, it was an interesting experience. And maybe I'll explore more Discord in the future. We'll see, but I got a taste of it. It's just like a giant big chat room. So I had a chat about that. And then, and then after that one, I did stay and, and, and check out, uh, uh, watch the, the Warner Brothers games back for blood. PC gaming show and the future games show. Now I, I tried to check out the, the Ubisoft, uh, forward Ubisoft forward show. And I only got, I only got a chance to get through it partially. So I'm going to put that in the back burner and we'll, I'll tell you my impressions of that one when I uh, give you my impressions of the Nintendo one. So, for, so keep that in mind. So we're going to start off with the one that I actually got invited to. And that was the, the Xbox and Bethesda games showcase. Just got my notes there. And it's turned off. Uh, and, and if I, if I skip some trailers or I miss some games, if that thing was going a mile a minute. So I did the best I could with that. Oh, and, and again, to them, a bit special thanks out to um, to my new contact uh, at at Veritas slash Microsoft. Jonathan, it was nice to meet him, and hopefully we'll work together some more in the coming months. So start off, uh, the Bethesda Xbox One start off with a, a um, with a kind of on-screen kind of talk thing by Todd Howard about the 20 years of, of gaming with Xbox. And that, that's crazy it's been that long <laughs> so he gotta cover that a bit he you know <laughs> they show a nice pretty cutscene. talked about a lot of exclusives coming up then there was a lady just came on from the game experience if i forget names it's just <laughs> just go with it and then he said that they, they, they were going to show 30 games optimized uh, 30 games they're going to show in this showcase made them optimized for the new consoles. And Ramblers, yes, I'm still hopefully one day in the coming months going to try to get a hold of an Xbox Series X. And <laughs> talk about that. That's in the works. But for now, anything, you know, I I review will strictly be for the one, which I have. And on the first game off the top, they, they showed off a Stalker 2, which, Heart of Chernobyl, which is very much like Metro Light. It's another um, first-person shooter, and you're going to hear this trend a lot. A lot of first-person shooters. Man, there's a lot there. And that showed. It's like about ray tracing and all that fun stuff. And it's very much much like It's very much... It's another game where it's set in Russia. Post-apocalyptic Russian game with a lot of Russian and subtitles and things. 
it's this trend now. So you get that. Um, and it's also going to be hitting Game Pass. A lot of stuff for Game Pass, man. And I'm telling you, Game Pass is such value for your buck. I haven't had a chance to check out PlayStation Plus, so I can't really comment on how good that is. But I'm telling you, folks, I've had Game, Game Pass Ultimate a while now. And I have it for quite a while to come. And it is such, such, you get so much for it. And you get, it, it's, and, and my access to it is courtesy of Microsoft uh, Canada. So many games. It, it's, if you have time to play them all, good luck on you. <laughs> and so you have that. And then we went from that game to a, um, a, a lot four player co-op man is that you're gonna eat that that's a trend too <laughs> a lot in this so so you have a a new game uh from the left for dead people it's another zombie game because lord almighty we need more zombie games um called back for blood in october 12th and i'll, I'll talk more about that with the warner brothers showcase which was pretty much all, all back for blood and it's it's basically a zombie game where you can have it's a lot of player versus player and you can have like swarm versus humans versus zombies. So it's like human, you can have like a human group versus a zombie group kind of thing. Then he went from that to a, uh, another game, uh, which is going to be uh, an Xbox exclusive. We're talking uh, yet another version of Contraband. Uh, it's going to be open world, so Contraband just keeps going. Then, this next trailer, and this is the trailer for a game that, I don't know if I talked about this on the show, Ramblers, but a while back, I tried Sea of Thieves, because I like a good pirate game, don't you know? And and I tried it, and I just... I, I just I couldn't get into it, right? And I, just, I played it for a bit, and it just I wasn't really progressing like I wanted to be, and I gave up on it. I uninstalled it. Well... They showed a trailer for an update to um, Sea of Thieves coming on uh, uh, very soon, June twenty second, and this is a, an update which may get me to reinstall the game on my system again, and and that is, it is a a um, Pirates of the Caribbean extra content with with Jack Sparrow, David Jones, all of, all the crew, and it's either voiced by Johnny. Or a very good sound alike. Could be the same dude that did his voice in Disney Infinity. It looks really cool. And I might I might just re-download Sea of Thieves just to play that campaign. It looks really neat. And I, I love the tie-in to that. So that's cool. They also showed a, um, a clip for a brand new Yakuza game. And yeah, I, I recently downloaded all the Yakuza games. I'm trying to play them in order. I'm still playing. I played bits of all of them. I am trying to play through the... First one, zero, and then go through them. But the new one they're talking about is Like a Dragon. It looks super crazy. And it is out today. At the time of this recording, you can download that for free. Uh, I, I, I'm, that's in my queue. i got to make some more space in my hard drive. Um, but I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to check that game out. <laughs> Although I'm still... I might... I don't know. I, I want to go through all the Yakuza games in order because there's a storyline here. But I, I might jump into that one. We'll see. I don't know if it's tied completely into the stories. <laughs> There's that. Uh, they also showed uh, next one after that was a, a fighting game footage from a new Battlefield expansion. 
So there you go, more first-person shooter stuff. <laughs> and then they have that. Then they had a, um, they had a new footage of a, a game that that has James McAvoy as a guest, and it's called Twelve Minutes in a Room, where a bunch of people are trapped in a room. Interesting concept that's coming out August nineteenth of this year, and then they showed a trailer for a game that I originally played years ago on the PC. I think I still had the PC version of it in my old PC disc collection, Psychonauts 2. The trailer for Psychonauts 2 that's coming out August 25th. And if you have Game Pass, you can download and play the first Psychonauts on your console. And I, I've been playing through it because on the PC, I, I played through a bit of it uh, and, and I just, I don't know, I just gave up on it for some reason. And and this is from the mind of Tim Schafer, who, if I remember correctly, did the Maniac Mansion games, were a lot of fun. And and I've been playing a bit through the first level, uh, the first game on the console, and I'm doing pretty good with it. And and I'm really I'm so now I gotta see if I can finish the first Psychonauts before the sequel comes out. But from the trailer, they've really improved the graphics, but hopefully kept the same gameplay. So I'm really looking forward to that one and that will be on game pass august 25th so i gotta pick up my pace and play in that game <laughs> although i'm having so much fun lately with man eater let me tell you playing a shark is a heck of a lot of fun uh so <laughs> let's go back to the comments the next one up was again we got another person from bethesda shows up and and they and they got to be 10 more games they're gonna be optimized on June 29th, uh, they talked about Skyrim celebrating 10 years, Fallout 76. Uh, it's got some new content called The Fate of the Brotherhood, Steel Rain, and that's going to be on July 6th. Then, uh, and then something called um, Expedition in the Pits for 2022. A lot of games we're going to hear released for 2022. So much next year. We have to wait for. Uh, then it came in announcements of Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, something about a Blackwood conclusion later this fall. <laughs> then they showed a, a trailer for this weird animal game called Party Animals. It's coming in the fall of 2022, where like did these fuzzy animals fighting. A lot of people in the room were commenting saying it's like it looks like um, Fall Guys with animals. I don't know. It looks really weird. <laughs> I don't know. I probably won't check that out. Then next one was uh, a really cool kind of top-down fighter game called Hades with a little bit of anime in there uh, coming out on August 31st. A lot of these games, too, with Xbox, you can pre, like, pre-install or queue it up so that they play for you day one. I love that feature if you have the hard drive space. <laughs> uh, then there was yeah, another game uh, pretty, uh, announced for 2022 called so Somerville. S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L. <laughs> And um, it, it's it reminded me a lot of Limbo. It, it's it's um, it's very cell shaded game. Maybe it was that one or some other game reminded me of Limbo. <laughs> um, so that was it. I said it reminded me of After Something, but I'm not. Oh no, it reminded me of After Party. Yeah, the really cool cell shaded game there. Not Limbo. That's another game. So that's coming out in Somerville 2022. Same kind of side-scroller, much like After Party and much like uh, Everclear. 
I think. So much like that. Um, then we had, oh, they did a big spot for Halo Infinite, which is kind of a multiplayer. So yeah, Joseph Staten from Halo. They showed some screen captures and in-game. It looks pretty good. I haven't played Halo in a while. And then they introduced a, a, a revamp of a much-beloved character, um, which I don't know how well that's going to go. I think it's the same voice person, but I don't know. And that's holiday 2021. You got some new halo. I, I don't know if that move of them changing a certain character. I will see. <laughs> Good for the C. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so have that. Then they showed a uh, brand new Diablo game remastered with eight player co-op. That's it's again, a huge theme. To it. So it's Diablo 2 Resurrected. And that's going to come out August 23rd, 2021. So it's more Diablo. Then they had a, uh, a long kind of alleyway panning shot for the sequel to A Plague's Tale. And that is coming out in 2022. I've tried the first Plague's Tale. I'm stuck in the level where, where there's where you're on top of a rooftop and, and there's this big armored dude, and you kind of have to control the rats and get at them. I've been stuck there for a while. I may go back to it, but there's a sequel to that game. I need to finish that one day. <laughs> so there's that. Of course, they showed a trailer for Fall, uh, Far Cry 6, which is coming out in October of this, uh, October 7th of this year. And <laughs> they showed a trailer for Slime Rancher 2 in 2022. I tried the first Slime Rancher which is on Game Pass now, if you want to check it out. And, I mean, I got so far in it, and it's just like, I just, okay, I pick up and I put them in a bin, and then I just got so repetitive, I just kind of gave up on it. So there you go for your Slime Ranch people. They show a snowboarding game uh, called Shredders, which is really good. I mean, the graphics for that coming out in December of this year. Then they went to Atomic Heart, which was a first-person shooter, with some kind of weird foreign language music in it. I, I didn't really get that one so much. <laughs> then they went to a um, an old-school kind of graphics, kind of post-apocalyptic side-shooter, kind of, you know, that called Replaced for 2022. That looked interesting. I, I love that old kind of look. Man, the old graphics. <laughs> just just me. Uh, then they sh and then they I mentioned that Grounded, <laughs> another game I tried, I tried to get into it, and I, I got so far, and it just got me frustrated, and I was done with it. They're having a, a Shroom and Doom update coming out on June 30th, where they're going to add achievements to it. <laughs> You're a character to sit, which I guess is big. Pets. See a little pet running around with you where you're trying to avoid the giant spiders. <laughs> Mushrooms. And in the brood mother spider. Which, if that is not nightmare-inducing, jeez, oh, if you evoke some kind of arachnophobia, if you were wigged out by the spiders in the game before, and you didn't put them on the the spider arachnophobe mode where they're just blobs, <laughs> yeah, you've been warned, people. This one looks like you remember I you, the the spider I talked about in Primal. Right, in the previous episode? Yeah, 
So, <laughs> be forewarned. Nasty. So there's that. Uh, Among Us is coming soon to the Xbox. So there you go. For all you people who really want to play that game. And I've watched the demos of it. I've watched people play it on YouTube. Not for me. I just, I have only so much time for video games. And I, I don't have time to play a game like that. So for all you Among Us people who are just begging to play it on an Xbox. It's coming soon. <laughs> that. Uh, the next game up was the, I hope I'm saying this right. Ayudin Chronicles, weird name. And it's an anime kind of RPG. And I think the, there's like a beta kind of coming out 2022 and then another update or something to 2023. So that's a ways away. Uh, then the, the Ascent game is coming out and that is coming on July 29th this year. And that's another game that you can pre-install on your Xbox if you want to do so. Then yet another historical RTS because people love historical RTSs coming out called Age of... So another version of Age of Empires 4. It's coming out on October 28th. And in this one, you actually get to play, I think, Joan d'Arc or Joan of Arc. So for all you historical RTS people, yes, the Age of Empires is on its way. Then we had a very meta trailer for the Out of World, uh, Outer Worlds Two update. So you get you get more Outer Worlds people, although they really hard tease Fable, and people in the chat were like, they got really they're getting really PO'd. Um, <laughs> uh, then then they showed a trailer for Flight Simulator, because you know everybody is just dying to have next gen graphics. And flying around a plane. This is all you're doing is flying around on a plane. I don't understand the appeal to Flight Sim. Flight Sim has been around for decades. And I don't... You just... I guess for people who really like planes, you can just fly around in different planes. <laughs> I mean, it you know, really looks good graphic-wise. And the only... The only thing that intrigued me about this trailer and and it's coming out July 27th is there's an expansion in the fall for Top Gun yeah probably to coincide with the movie that's probably the only thing that would make me check it out if I could fly a Top Gun jet because if you're going to tell me that they're going to bring some of those Tomcats into this game and all you do is fly it and you can't fire and shoot at stuff? Come on! I don't care how pretty it is. If if part of that isn't some kind of aerial combat with these planes, oh, Nelly. <laughs> it's going to be some disappointed people. I'm telling you. So I went from there to uh, Forza Horizon 5, which is coming out on November 9th. This game looks gorgeous. And this time around, you, and, and they brought out a, um, a guy from uh, Playground Games to talk about it. And what I found really interesting, and go back and watch this showcase. They edited out a, a swear word of one of the songs they used in the trailer. Because you hear, and then blank, and then it kept going. 
Now, hopefully they don't edit that out when you actually play the game. But I thought that was really funny. And not, and other people in the chat, Discord, pick, picked up on that too. But they literally edited out the swear word. So there you go. So this time around, um, Forza Horizon 5 is going to be set in Mexico. And it looks gorgeous. And they showed a demo where you had four people from the Forza team... And they showed us a voice actor is legit Mexican, not a white guy pretending to be Mexican. <laughs> Bad. And and it they have a campaign in this one, which is really cool. One of the things, as much as I like driving around and doing like the mini races, it'd be nice to have actually campaign in Forza. So you have that, and it's gonna be and the settings, you've got to be a rainforest. They show which looked gorgeous. And and just like it, it's like a tourist, it's like a tourism promo for Mexico, because it's showing off. They're showing off all these landmarks, all this artwork. It's like the tourism board went in with and said, "Hey, you know, if we throw a bunch of money to you, can you make the game just to Mexico?" Because it really is like a postcard for Mexico. And 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 they even said you could drive around a volcano, and and like <laughs> I. I guarantee you, if they put a volcano in, there's going to be some gamer that's going to go, I wonder if I could drive my car in a volcano. And if you can't do that, man, it's going to be some disappointed people. <laughs> I can just say it. It's be gamer footage on Twitch or whatever. Just people taking these high expensive cars and going and driving in, bleep, in the volcano. You watch. Mark my words. So they have that. And, and the water effects looked really good, especially that rainforest footage. Lord mighty, it's just, the photorealism in water is nuts in games now. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and they also had a feature in this one, and, and I'm surprised they, this wasn't like, you know, too stereotypical for them to do, but there's a mode in this where you can actually take your car and, and hit piñatas. <laughs> it's a game where you have to hit the most piñatas. I mean it. And they showed off a game lab where you can make your own tracks. And it looks, the customization looks crazy. They showed off, and I'm not kidding y'all, giant bowling pins. <laughs> you could put as part of your track or play area or something. That's crazy. So that that's something, something to look forward to, especially when it comes to Forza. I haven't I played a Forza game in a while, and I like the fact that they are doing a campaign. So I, I will definitely be checking out the campaign for sure. <laughs> okay, so then you go, and they went over about, you know, 27 uh, new games. Of all the 30 games, 27 of them are going to be on Xbox Game Pass. So I, like I talked about the value of it, really putting that up. And five are going to be brand new from Xbox Game Studios. So of all those 30 games, five are coming right directly from Xbox. <laughs> And uh, they mentioned stuff like Wolfenstein is going to be a brand new, brand new Wolfenstein game that I, I downloaded. I need to check that out. So that's really cool. And a also a new Dishonor game. So at the time of this recording, you can check these out right now if you have Game Pass. You can download these right now. And they talked about a Japanese vampire game, looks which and. Which looks very, it's a very diverse game. 
we got two men and a woman and a robot uh, called Redfall. Yeah, it's like a Japanese vampire. It looks very diverse, and that is coming summer 2022. It's like a, a combat kind of game with different characters. Very cartoony, but but I, I, I have to keep an eye on that for next summer. And they they topped it off. <laughs> the end of the show, and they showed something, and I'm telling you, Ramblers, I want to pick this up, and I'm going to put in a request come holidays this year for this because this item this item needs to be in my holiday gift guide it really does and i'm going to work my butt to try to get it folks and this is the xbox mini fridge hashtag xbox mini fridge this is so cool this is a little mini fridge probably only holds and i mean mini it's true mini and mini probably only holds maybe Six cans, maybe, at the most. It doesn't look too big. But it is literally the size and shape of an Xbox Series X. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like, what if we took an Xbox Series X, we gutted the thing, threw in some stuff, turned it into a mini fridge. Bam! It looks really cool. And, and if Sony doesn't do the equivalent to this, to the P5, and somehow turn that into a fridge, they're missing out. So this looks, looks really cool. Holidays uh, this year. I said, I gets closer to that time. I'm going to put in a request for review copy of this. Dang straight Skippy. And, and, and if it go the way I want to when it comes to video reviews, at the very least, there'll be pictures of it, but there may be a video review of that. We'll see. So... That was a great way to end it, and I'm so looking forward to this. So that was the Bethesda and Xbox Showcase. <laughs> That's that one. Tie that in a bow. <laughs> now, the the Warner one, and 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 the chat in this one, ooh. <laughs> I, I watched it on YouTube, and I was reading the chat as the video was going on. A lot of people were thinking, oh, good, you know, there's lots of games coming up for Warner that people want to hear about, right? This... This whole half hour video was all about this back for blood game. I don't know what it is. They were pushing this thing big time. And and, and it was they were giving game tips. They even gave a game tip of like if you really want to do a douche move to somebody in the game. You could do this. And like, man, that's just, you know, you could do this move where while, you know, while some character is healing another character, you could take this like juggernauty kind of guy in and explode the character while your opponent is trying to heal somebody. You could, it is possible to do that kind of a douche move. And I'm thinking like, Man, if I was playing that, somebody did that to me, I'd be like, <laughs> I would be so annoying. So be forewarned <laughs> when you're trying to revive somebody. Oh, that could happen. So it, it is is going to be open uh, beta in August 9th uh, for pre-order. And then if you pre-order it, you get more access. Uh, and I think that's coming out. Uh, in October. 
So that's the state of that game. They spent so in this 30 minute presentation, they spent 20 minutes talking about this game. They're like, Lord Almighty. And people in the chat are like getting like, can you please tell us about Lego Star Wars? Please, please, Hogwarts, anything. Just give us some other news. And, and that's all it was. They showed a, a brief little clip of the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which looks really neat, and Final Fantasy Origins. Uh, because after 20 minutes, we went to an IGN panel where they talked about stuff. And, and that looked cool. Although I've heard since then that with the Guardians of the Galaxy game, even though it features all the characters, you know, Star-Lord, Groot, Drax, Gamora, and Rocket Raccoon, in the game, you can only play as Star-Lord. Which is really, I don't get the logic. If you put these other characters in there, they're just window dressing. Like, not even during the battle sequences, you could have just like, just like temporarily jump to the other four. I mean, you could, it's so be hard, not hard to rig out. You just use the D-pad and, you know, like one direction for each one. You know, one for Groot, one for Gamora, one for Rocket, and one for Drax. And just jump back and forth. And then you keep the rain, main narrative controlling Star-Lord, but the fighting scenes, <laughs> you, you know, can jump back and forth and play these different characters. I don't know why that I get the impression that's not happening. If they don't update that later with the ability to do so, I will be very much surprised because I don't know. I'd, I'd like to play as the other guardians. Plus <laughs> that was that. And that was all that was, <laughs> that's it. That was all that 30 minutes is. So if, if you don't really want to know more about that one game, meh, <laughs> a little bit skippable. Uh, when it comes to that. The next one I checked out was the PC Games one. And that, boy, that was a lot of stuff they wanted to cover in that particular video. <laughs> they, they, the first one up was a game called Nakahara Blade Point coming on August 12th. It's very Black Desert-y. I looked at the, the combat they showed in the, in the video. Very much Black Desert. If you ever like playing that game, and I, I love that game, Look for me on it. Um, and I, I'm not Russ. So <laughs> uh, it's very much that kind of, you know, it seemed like the very similar type of engine <laughs> with that. So that's something I'm hoping will come to console. Uh, then you had an anime dodgeball uh, called Dodgeball Academia coming out soon. You know, whatever. Then you have Chivalry 2, which was a first-person slasher kind of medieval game. That came out. Then Ramen, an animated food fighting game. I don't know. That looks kind of dumb. I'm going through these quick, by the way. Still don't to be in-depth. Uh, they showed a uh, trailer for Dying Light 2, Stay Human, and where you're living in the rooftops. That's, they talked about living in the rooftops. They showed no footage. Just talked about the game. Uh, they showed a game called Humankind with some 3D modeling. Uh, then they showed on uh, Orcs Must Die 3 that's coming out on July 23rd they had the lead designer basically a tower defense game talking about new campaigns new heroes and I noticed with the heroes very diverse trend going on then they had Gigabash which is a kaiju kind of battle game very cartoony 
I don't know if that's something I want to check out, but very, you know, not not serious kaiju <laughs> at all. And then you had uh, Lennis Gate, uh, which is open beta in July. It's first-person shooter into a turn-based strategy game. Uh, that's coming out August 3rd. I, weird concept, but, you know, that's what it is. Then they had uh, Next Space Rebels, which is uh, building. It's, it shows you building rockets virtually. So you start off with like little like psh, rockets, and you're just it's a game of building rockets. That's it. Like psh, we felt self-made rockets. That's all the game was. Not really interested. Um, if I want to do that, I'll build one legitly for real. Then they had War Tales, which is a medieval RPG coming out in 2021, but didn't say when. Uh, then an Exeom game uh, coming out in either this year or next year. Uh, some game called Killing Floor 2. Uh, MechWarrior 5. They had a DLC developer interview. <laughs> it's going to be on the moon. It's Final Moon and New Mechs. Then they got a, um, a game called Silk. That one looks a lot like Limbo. If you play with the Limbo game, very black and white. And they didn't see when that was coming out. They showed a clip for Hello Neighbor 2 in uh, some time this year. I still haven't... I think I tried playing those one of those games and I just didn't get into it. Uh, they, they talked about Jurassic World Evolution 2. That's coming out uh, sometime this year after the events of Fallen Kingdom. And it's this time going to go beyond is the Nublar. I did try playing the first game recently on my Xbox and I just... I got stuck. In it, and I didn't know how to proceed, so maybe the next one will be better. Then he had a new uh, blood montage that did, did not make any kind of sense whatsoever. Then they had a, um, uh, they were going to show something on this new game called Gloomwood, but then the, the host bumped the guy to talk about it. So weird. Uh, and it's from the same kind of call, Kaluthu. Then we had uh, Valve. Then they talked about the Steam Next Fest, a bunch of Steamy stuff from the Steam service. And they talked about uh, a game called Solstice, which was a sword slash game. Uh, then they talked about uh, some you know, hardware, did a hardware showcase about this impulse glove to give you better reflexes so you can cheat more when you play video games. It's kind of like, this is a really good power glove. This is the next generation. So there's that. We talked about a force feedback wheel, if you really want to get in the field of driving games. I talked about uh, something called the One X Player, which is a handheld PC game, which is Switch-like. <laughs> I actually said that. It's very Switch-like. And then they showed an Asus monitor LED backlight, which was worth three grand. Woo! Ah, it's a lot of money to drop on a monitor. I'd rather drop that on, like, a legit TV. Sorry. Uh, then they showed a uh, trailer for Warhammer, Chaos Gate, Demon Hunters, coming out in 2022. So, yippee on that. Then they talked about... Um, uh, a Pioneer, which is like Stalker. Another Russian game that set them both apocalyptic times. So there, it was really hard to read the subtitles. They made them so play small. I really hope you can adjust that in-game because it was like, 
creative, I understand the Russian or some Eastern European language, but I don't. And it was really hard to read. Uh, then it's another game called Lumber Hill, a cutesy animal game. Oh, before that, so after Pioneer, there was Eve Online, talked about that, then the Lumber Hill, a cutesy animal game. Then a weird, brutal fighting game, which I don't know what the hell that was. Then it had a cartoony duck with pink hair called Tiny Kin or Tiny King. Uh, that it's set, but what they do is it's set in like a real world setting for 2022. I don't get that at all. Uh, another um, kind of plug for Chernobyl Light 2022. Then an RPG real time game turn based called Sacrifice. Then another, so many survival games. Another survival game called Icarus. Careful, Icarus. August 11th. Then something called Mecha Jammer. Then some game you're a wandering village on the back of a dinosaur. I don't know. Then a game called Death Trash for August 5th. Then um, a Songs of Conquest game, early 2022, which is very similar to Might and Magic. Turn-paced RPG. You had Citizen Sleeper. Uh, 2022, which looks boring, and it's on a space station. I don't get it. Uh, Project Warlock, an old school kind of Doom ripoff, <laughs> really. And and throughout this whole presentation, and these these guys doing this acting, it's like a whole storyline with this weird robot character, and it ends in some kind of weird cliffhanger with with I guess a tease for next year's presentation. I don't know. It is what it is. So that was that. <laughs> so those are those uh, presentations. So that was PC Gamer uh, when it comes to PC gaming. And then after that, and boy, yeah, this Rambler's will be the longest I ever talk about gaming on the show, probably all year. And then the last one was the Future Games show. Not as long. Uh, they, they had, um, Laura, they had Laura Bailey from Last of Us 2 and Troy Baker, who's done a lot of game work, Last of Us 2. They were kind of like the hosts. They just went over a bunch of games. A lot of this, I was, it was late in the day. I had to get supper ready and stuff. I missed a lot. Ah, uh, they talked about some game called Extinction, where it's human versus dinosaurs for 2022. Then they had, uh, Grow Song of the Evertree, some kind of sandbox game for 2021. Uh, I talked about the Jurassic Park game again, 75 species, adding fly dinosaurs and a triceratops, which is my wife's favorite dinosaur. Then they had a virtual show tour where usually in E3, they have all these little like booths where people can play out games. I saw that a lot when I did my showcase years ago and they did like a virtual one. They went through so many games so quickly. <sighs> it's hard to keep track of them all. Uh, there was like Tale of Favor. There was... Some Chernobyl Light one. Co-op one in town. A bunch of things. If you, you want to hear more, watch it. <laughs> it's got what it could. Then they showed a boxing game with like 200 boxers. And they're going to include ladies in it. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, the, the UFC, let's bring some ladies. Represent. I'd almost try that just for that. And uh, so that was ESPC Sports Boxing Club for 2021. I'm curious to check that out. Uh, then they had Future War II, a shooter. Uh, so Hell, no, so Hell Let Loose. It was a future, as a World War II shooter. Because we don't have enough World War II shooters. 
Um, and then they talked about the, um, oh, uh, a mech fighting game called Red Solstice 2 Survivors. Mech fighting game, a player game. Then, uh, a movie called, a game called Lake. Then more about Elder Scrolls and the game Enlisted. Then a one-armed first-person shooter. So the dude in the trailer literally has one arm. You see his one arm sticking out called Severed Steel. <laughs> Place name. Coming out soon. A new Sonic game coming out called Sonic Colors Ultimate. I don't Sonic games, Ramblers, I swear. I, I can't. They just drive me nuts. You can get so far, you like hit something, you lose all your rings, and then you got to start over again. So not a <laughs> rush to play. Sonic just drives me crazy. Uh, then something called Starmancer. Then a game called Kiwi, where it's birds in a mail room for August 31st. Game World Stromalite. Uh, then uh, some kind of happy game trailer. Minutes of Islands, which is out now, apparently. More Dying Light 2. Ollie Ollie World, which is some kind of weird cartoony skater. Um, Tales of Iron. Then a game for, called Lust from Beyond from Movie Games. He's done a lot of movie games. It's a great title, though. Uh, then uh, I think one of them was Bat Tour Lost Heaven. Then they talked about uh, Project Ferocious, which is a first-person shooter game with dinosaurs. That's kind of neat. Uh, they talk about War Cry Challenges, uh, a game with Conway Disappearance, which looks interesting. And then the last one was Immortality in 2022. And that was it. Holy moly. Probably the longest intro segment I've ever done on the show. But there you go. So that's all I checked out of E3 so far. I'll look for uh, in a, maybe the next episode or maybe, yeah, probably next episode, I will talk uh, when I get a chance to actually watch them. The Nintendo, uh, Nintendo's Direct and Nintendo Treehouse Live stream. I'll tell you what I thought about that. Uh, and I'll give my things in the Ubisoft Forward one. <laughs> that was an interesting one. And maybe the indie games are the other ones that I have a chance to catch. Maybe the Capcom one, too. That sounds interesting. But I'll try to check out those all between now and the next show. So keep listening. And then that will conclude E3. What's on the show today? Well, have I teased you long enough? Did you get a hint of what's coming with the little soundbite I played earlier? Cause. So coming up on the show, and we, I got a lot of things to talk about. And I, you know, and I kind of teased it a bit at the start of the show. Hopefully I didn't tease you too long. So kick things off digitally with a movie review of No Man Land. Courtesy of the great folks at Searchlight Pictures. Starring Francis McDermott, which was a winner of three Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actress, <laughs> which is out right now. And it's a, yeah, it's a very interesting movie that I don't do drama dramas a lot, but this one caught my attention about a woman who, who just makes a very unique life decision. And then from from a woman wandering the, uh, the USA, good old US of A, we go to a, a man who puts his very life on the line, and we're going to roll back the time, back to again to the 1990s digitally, with another digital review. This time it is in the line of fire, courtesy of Sony 
Pitchers Home Entertainment, starring good old Clint Eastwood and John Malkovich, as we go back to the 90s for another action movie. And then we, you know, roll back and hit you a little bit further, but not by much, with the brand new 4K Blu-ray review of Tomb Raider, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment, and catch up with little Lara Croft. And then we go from the Tomb, Tomb Raider to the movie I tease right at the top of the show. It is the next in the MonsterVerse saga, if you will. It is my 4K Blu-ray review of Godzilla versus Kong. As the two legendary monsters meet in for the new age. Now, of course, it's courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. That's all in this jam-packed show I got for you today. Dare I say another monster <laughs> version of the show. Yeah, I had to do that again because it's too much fun. <laughs> so I take a little musical interlude wrap right the rest of this program. First digital movie review for this episode is No Man Land, courtesy of Searchlight Pictures. Now, this is, I don't often say review drama dramas on this show, but this one kind of caught my attention, and it's by an actress, you know, who's, who's been acting for quite some time now. The main story revolves around the character of Fern, played by Frances McDormand, and, and she's a woman who, who recently lost her husband and is living in a town where... Where the 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 mine the 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 mining facility had to close down, and because the the main kind of industry of the town closed down, it basically turned this town into a ghost town. And and the the town where she was living in actually lost its zip code. It like became nothing, and she also lost her husband. And, and they, they were living, you know, at, in like housing for the company she worked for. So she decides to say, you know what? I, I have nothing. There's nothing left for me here. This town has been basically much detowned, if you will. So she loads up her van and, and just hits the road to become a nomad in the American West. And... And it, it, it's, it's basically like her story of, of, um, of, of her journey uh, as a nomad. And, and, and the, I don't know if I've ever seen Francis McDormand with this kind of short hair, but it's, it's a really extreme cut to it. And, and so, she, and so it, the camera just kind of follows her. And, and along the way, she meets a lot of characters <laughs> and some impressions from it. And, and throughout this whole movie, she's like in and out of Amazon. And at the start of the movie, you get the impression she was let go from Amazon, but you have no idea why. And, and they really, in this film, show you like the guts to Amazon. Like you get to see like the, the inside of the workings of that. It's, and it's like, really? So that's where all the packages get sorted out. So she, she leaves that job, goes to her storage unit, loads what she can in the van. And this is a movie where you got to pay attention. <laughs> At the start of the movie, she, uh, part of the storage unit, 
uh, stuff she gets out. She gets these plates, these really nice china plates that were given to her, I believe, by her father. And she takes them with her as, you know, something to remember him by. And, and that comes into play later. So just kind of attention that, oh, okay, she has these plates in the van. And she's tripped out in this van to, to, it reminds me of my dad's old van when I was a kid without the shag carpeting. So she's living in this van. And, and she just journeys across. She comes across a bunch of these people who, who are the, the disenfranchised of, of the U.S. And, and she gets across uh, like all these, these van and minivan people. All these people that have just, you know, they feel like life has just kicked them in the butt and, and, and they just, just want to live on the road. And, and there's one point where she's going to this big gathering and, and they show, like, this is how you drill a hole in a tire. I'm like, why would you need to know how to do that? But that's there. And, and there's some really good, nice tracking shots in this. There's some gorgeous, like, tracking shots and the score. A lot of it's instrumental, but it really helps move the story along. Now, I'm going to warn you, Ramblers, if you're looking for a big action movie with explosions and stuff like that, no. <laughs> you're not going to get that. The music, I thought, was very haunting, very mystic. And she meets this girl, this older woman. I think it's slightly older than her, although it's hard to tell. Called Linda May. And it's very touching, the kind of friendship she has with this lady. And, 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 it's, and it's kind of carried throughout a good chunk of this movie. And at one point, she's, she's out um, with a bunch of people, and they're at a, a really rocky area, like, 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 like a mini Grand Canyon. And for some reason, she goes wandering off. I guess she's supposed to go for a pee, as far as I can tell. She's trying to go away from the girl for a pee. And, and she kind of gets lost in the rocks, right? Because she doesn't go with anybody. And you see her kind of wandering. It's getting kind of dark. And like that'd be like the stupidest way to die. Oh, how did she die? Well, she went out on these rocks without a guide. Luckily, slight spoiler, <laughs> the guy throwing the door finds her. But what a thing to do. I mean, yeah, you got to take a whiz. But why would you go? I mean, man, like that, that almost cost her a life to me. <laughs> so that happens. And, and, and it's end. Then there's that moment that if you'd paid attention, if you'd have watched this movie with an audience, something happens. And, and if that didn't develop a, like a gasp, like a whoa, then, then I, I would have been amazed. And she has so many jobs during the course of this movie, like Amazon a few times, but she's constantly changing jobs. And she has this kind of like air about her that she just can't settle. Like she just, and I think this play takes place sometime between like 2008, 2012. And she, and she just, she says this nature where she just can't settle down. Like once, I mean, once her husband was gone and that town went to nothing, she just has this kind of wonder lost, lust nature to her and all her changing jobs. It reminded me so much. Uh, and, and I'll admit I watched it back in the day, the simple life. It's like, imagine the simple life, but with people who are much older and, and are not as mean and rude. <laughs> and they're changing jobs constantly. 
and and her wonderlust is so like at one point her van breaks down like the very thing she her 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 home breaks down and she's with a mechanic and they're like oh it's going to cost like 2300 bucks to fix this van and she doesn't have the money and she calls up i believe it's her sister and and i guess gets enough money or has enough or they wire her enough money where she she travels to where her sister lives right and 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 it's like saying oh you know once i can work with amazon again but but if you keep if she truly did get fired why would they keep hiring her back um and you know, once i get some money I'll, I'll pay back for the van somehow gets this money in an envelope then travels back to her van <laughs> This the the mechanics must have been the nicest guys in the planet because they I guess they just you know keep it safe and then she hits the road again and, and during her travels she meets this older guy I think his name is Bill and he's a nice guy and, and you get the point that he genuinely cares about her genuinely right and throughout the travels he finds out that his his son is, you know, it's going to have a kid. He's going to be a grandfather. And so he heads back there and he says, you know, for he says, hey, you know, if you're over in the, neck in the neighborhood, just stop by and say hello. And I think she probably gets lonely. And then she, she goes to visit Bill. I think his name is Bill. Is it the Bill or Bob? B-Guy. And, 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 his, and his family, like, welcomes her in and, you know, says that, you know, that, that he's been talking about her, really cares for her. And she tries that life. She tries like, just like sleeping in a bed. Like when she visits her, 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 her sister, she can't just sleep in a bed anymore, like a normal bed. And, and you see her like, give it a try. Like honestly, I don't know for how long, but try to live like, cause he throws it out to her. Like, I'd like you to stay. You know, I, I really like you a lot. I'd like you to stay. And she has a chance to, you know, get back together with a family again and a young kid and everything. And her wonderlust, her wonderlust is so great that, and you see her debating this, so much of this movie is like not dialogue, that that she literally, you know, like, you know, gets up really early when nobody's awake, hops in her van and takes off. No note that I saw, no nothing, no just gone. No goodbyes. No, you know, thanks for putting me up. But I just can't live this way. And takes off. And I, you feel sorry for this guy, this this Bill Bob guy, because that's I understand you have this wonderlust in you, and and you you're showing like you're just gonna die in the road somewhere. But man, it's a little douchey thing to do. And also throughout the movie, she meets another older lady that you get the impression that uh, that her her best days are behind her and she just wants to go like down south and then spend her last days there and and she gives Fern like a rock collection and she says you know I will, uh, you all you have this and then when i die you know i i'm i'm you know, i want you all to just throw these rocks in a fire and remember me and and you see that happen and it's it's Quite the role. I got to give Frances McDermott. I'd love to talk to her about this. She really got into this role. Like you really felt it was her. And a lot of the shots, it made me wonder, 
like a lot of the long shots where you just see the van driving down the road. Like was that her in the van? Or was that just somebody driving it? Because they, they, they shot a lot from the back and from the distance. You really couldn't tell. And, and it ends, you know, in a very kind of like, well, you know, there's no real ending to this movie, I'm going to tell you. But it's, it's a neat little gl glimpse and look into, you know, the disenfranchised in the U.S. that just, just, just want to live this life. And I don't know if there's a Canadian equivalent to this. I don't know if there's just a group of people in this country that are just driving around in vans and RVs, you know, in a van down by the river. And, and that's the way they want to live. I it got to like early in the movie. There's, there's um, you know, she, she's, she's has her van parked in a, in a parking lot. And, and a woman from the business is like, you know, you really can't park here overnight. And she's like, and, and she's like genuinely concerned for fur and that, you know, it's getting really cold. And she even offers fur and she says, you know, it's getting really cold. You don't, you don't have to stay in the van. We can, you know, for the night we can put you up somewhere inside. And she's like, nope, nope, don't want to do it. I'd rather risk hypothermia in my van than to come inside and try to stay warm. Man, that is just an interesting life. Uh, so that is a movie. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. The, the Academy loves drama dramas, and this is a drama drama if there ever was one. It's, it's a neat look into the glimpse of, uh, of a lifestyle. Knockwood. I hope life never makes me want to do. I, I really don't ever really want to live that way if I can help it. But for some people... It is what it is. So that is my take of Nomad Land on digital, courtesy of the great folks at Searchlight Pictures. Seems like yesterday, but it was long ago. Jimmy's great was the king of mine. There in the darkness with the radio playing low. Secrets that we share Mounds that we move Caught like wildfire out of country Nothing left to burn and nothing left to prove And I remember what he said to me How we swore that it would never end Didn't know now, but I didn't know then. Against the wind, we're running against the wind. We're young and strong, we were running against the wind. The years roll slowly past. Found myself alone Surrounded by strangers I thought were my friends I found myself further, further from my friends Guess I lost my way 
second digital movie review for this episode is In the Line of Fire, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. So we're taking another trip in the Wayback Machine back to, the, to 1993 for this movie. Now, this is one of the ones, you know, back in the day when Clint Eastwood wasn't the old grizzled, you know, kind of guy he is now in the mule. It was back in the 90s, Clint, where, you know, he was still in his 60s. He was still kind of, you know... A little bit of Dirty Harry. He wasn't far from that kind of Clint. In this story, though, he's not a cop. It's shocking, but he isn't. In this one, he plays an ex-Secret Service agent, played uh, Frank Horrigan, who gets drawn back into the business when a, uh, I don't know, what's the word, malcontent? I'm going to say malcontent. Uh, Character played by uh, John Malkovich (laughs) threatens the president's life because in this story character frank oregon his his protecting presidents goes way back to jfk and i've always been impressed 
by how they take these movies and insert people into history. And they do a really good job, just a good job in this one. It's like, holy crap, it's like, there's Clint Eastwood and JFK. So that's, that's kind of the premise of this. He's, he's you know, pretty near retired, and this psycho kind of, you know, says, hey, you know, you're interesting, and then they strike up a rapport. Now, I said, this is back when Clinton could still do stuff. And he still had that kind of gritty, like, you really don't want to mess with me kind of thing. And yeah, this is back in the summer of, of 1993. And I may have seen this in a theater. It's just been so long, I, I can't remember. But probably I did. And also, uh, starring this, you have uh, Rene Russo as a um, Secret Service agent, a uh, young, more up-and-coming one. Who, who, is, who is the love interest of Clint Eastwood. Now, you're saying to yourself, look at this on camera. Love interest, eh? Well, I did some research, Ramblers, because that's what I like to do. And at the time of this movie, and it's a very 90s movie, so just keep that in mind. Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood was 63, and Rain Russo was 39. And they really push in this movie you know, our relationship. And that, my friends, is a pretty significant age gap. You know, granted, granted, you know, Clint at that time looked pretty good for 63. But still, that's that's quite a few years apart. And, and they're really, like, pushing it in this movie. <laughs> so the whole movie is kind of a cat and mouse game between Malkovich's character and Eastwood's character. And Malkovich, in this movie, he's really on fire. I mean, he hasn't done a lot lately, but back in the 90s, he could play creepy and intense really, really well. And, and the, the banter between these two was really good. It, it just, you know, the, the kind of taunting, the, the, the weird kind of relationship they have in this movie. And it really builds up the tension to that very, very last few scenes. And yeah, it, it's just, it, it's a good kind of, I guess, Secret Service thriller. If you're looking for a lot of blood and guts and a lot of gore, no. Uh, it wasn't that type of movie. But if you want, like, the the old and you don't want to mess with me. I know, I just sounded like Reagan there. Um, Clint. Then, then yeah, that's kind of Dirty Harry-ish. Sort of, kind of. Clint. Yeah, this is a fun movie to watch. It looks great digitally. Uh, when it comes down, it was nice to revisit it. I, I don't know why lately. I'm hitting a lot of 1990s, 90s nostalgia. It's coming back. And yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, yeah, absolutely check it out. Uh, it, it's just, it's a nice, good kind of intense cop thriller that if you don't know the plot of it, will really keep you guessing. And there's one moment near the end with Malkovich and Eastwood that, I, I, you know, it's one of those things that happens that, 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 that in a theater, probably people would have cheered <laughs> when it happened right near the end. It was sick when I was like, gotcha, <laughs> kind, of, kind of moments uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, so a really good, good kind of cop, kind of, you know, cat and mouse, bad guy, you know, good guy chasing bad guy kind of movie. <laughs> Absolutely. So that is... Yeah. And so that is my take of In the Line of Fire, circa 1993 on digital, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. <laughs>
4K Blu-ray movie review. First episode is Godzilla vs. Kong, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this video to review for this podcast. The opinions I share are my own. Now, of course, this is the latest chapter in the MonsterVerse series of movies, which started way back in 2014 with the first Godzilla. And then we had Kong Skull Island in 2017, 2019, we had Godzilla King of the Monsters. And then, then this year, we have, of course, Godzilla versus Kong. And they have been teasing this confrontation going way back to the earlier movies. They kept kind of like, maybe it's going to come, maybe it's going to come. And and this is the only the second time that these guys have actually met officially on camera, because the first time was way back in 1963. We'll talk about that movie <laughs> in a minute. We'll first talk about the main one. And, of course, prior to Kong Skull prior to Kong Skull Island, the most previous version of, of Kong was Peter Jackson's Kong in 2005, and that's quite the movie there. And then, of course, we had the 1998 Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick, which that movie actually got turned into a very brief animated series, too, which I actually have on video myself. 
So, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's one of these things that both of these characters have had so many iterations with it. I mean, Kong itself, there were two Kong movies in the 1970s. You had the original 1930s Kong. Godzilla started back in the 50s. And Lord Almighty, there have been a buttload of Godzilla movies, you know, all going from uh, a dude in a suit to the CGI prettiness that we have today. And this this movie, Kong vs. Godzilla, is kind of the common culmination of the previous three movies, both Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, and Godzilla King of the Monsters. It's, it's almost like, okay, here's the next chapter. Now, we last left our, our, uh, our band of um, monster hunters and that at the end of uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Godzilla fought, you know, all these creatures and, you know, sort of kind of redeemed himself a little bit. And what's interesting about this movie, Godzilla vs. Kong, is it takes the cast, some of the cast from the previous Godzilla movies and some of the cast from Kong Skyland and kind of mushes them together, too. <laughs> So after the events of King of Monsters, Godzilla, you know, was like, oh, well, he's a good guy. You know, he's, he's here to protect. Then at the start of this movie, I don't know, Godzilla's having a bad day. You know, <laughs> he almost threw that old song. You've had a bad day. You've hit some buildings and smudged some people. I know, it's really bad singing, but there you go. <laughs> so, so, you know, he's just, you know, going berserk. So what is the solution for these people? It's like, well, you know, we really can't put Godzilla down because you're monsters. So what's the next best thing we do? Wait a minute. Isn't there that giant monkey on Skull Island? Hmm. Maybe a giant monkey could beat a giant lizard. How about we try it? And so that that's kind of the premise. And and I, I did watch, um, kind of recap myself because it's been four years. I rewatched uh, Kong Skyl Island and, and catching up with Kong since the events of that movie, they had the people at Monarch who are the big dinosaur hunting people. They have taken poor Kong and put him in a biodome, if you will. Cause you know, they say in this movie, Oh, the conditions in Skull Island have gotten so bad, so bad. They wiped out almost a whole native population. <laughs> except this one little kid. Uh, that they've had to, you know, enclose in, in, in Kong in a simulated chunk of his home. So it's so so he's basically a caged animal where he really wasn't before, and they, they really show that beginning of the movie. Where he takes a, you know, just takes a tree, strips of his branches, and then chucks it at the top. So I'm like, I don't like being cooped up. And so, you know, it's like the scientists go, well, let's see, we have a lizard problem here. We have a cooped up big kind of peeled monkey here. How about we release the monkey, give him a little bit of freedom, and we'll stick him on the lizard. That's the premise. I'm making it simple, but that's the premise. And so, so, <coughs> they, they, they drug the poor bugger. <laughs> And then they chain him to a boat, like a big, big boat, and, and you know, kind of haul him across the ocean. Now, in watching this, and, and this movie does this more than once, too. I'm calling it right now. How the heck do they get him 
get Kongi from the the his little little biodome capture sphere thing to this this raft this this big like carrier boat where he's all manacled up so he doesn't escape or swim away. <laughs> like theoretically, I guess they could have flooded the dome with gas and knocked the big monkey out. But then you had the problem of hauling his giant butt from there to a boat to get him out. And they don't show this. It's like one minute, hey, look, we had this giant monkey. And then, bam, abracadabra, <laughs> he's on this boat. All right, so that's the first instance I'm going to point out. So, so they're hauling him across the ocean and, and they're, they're getting him to Japan because that, that's where you know, Godzilla's kind of headed. And and um and and they keep saying, oh well, we know we got to keep, you know, Kong out of the Godzilla waters, you know, because they're all the big titans and they're all territorial. And and the justification, the justification for keeping Kong in captivity is like, well, you know, we can't let him free because if Godzilla senses he's there, you know, it's gonna happen. <laughs> Since they get out of the dome, they're trying to ship him across the ocean, you know. Try to stay out of Godzilla's waters, but eh, eh, eh. So, so like Jaws, and in the extras, they totally uh, own up to oh, paint homages to Jaws. Like Jaws, you just see the fin crest the water of 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 his you know back, and and it and it's go time. So your first big battle between these two behemoths is not on land. Oh no no, it is in the middle of the Leap an ocean, uh, where 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 basically Kong has to jump like like he's skipping rocks rocks uh, you know across the boats to stay out of the water. It's a crazy fight, and it happens now. It doesn't happen until thirty eight minutes into the movie, thirty freaking eight, and it and it goes for you get a nine minute battle. Right there, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> it's really impressive, and one of the one of the gripes I've had of these movies, not so much Kong. Kong was was pretty good in giving you a lot of big gorilla, but the Godzilla movies, my last gripe, the last two of them have been too much humans, not enough monsters, and too much of a focus on the human story and the and the actors. And not on big behemoths throwing shit shite around. So, sadly, this continues. Back in, in, in the franchise again is good old Molly, Bobby, Millie, um, Eleven from Stranger Things. <laughs> she is back in this role. And so, like I said, it's, it's very much uh, a mesh of, of the actors from both franchises coming together. Yeah, so you have... You have um, good old Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell. So she's back. You also, very briefly, have Kyle Chandler. Blink and you'll miss him. He's barely in this movie. He's just kind of in, gone. He's, he's in it. You also have um, a couple of the actors from the Kong movie. They're in it as well. You um you get uh, your main so you get a lot of a lot of crossover going on here uh, when it when it comes to that so so the, so that big battle happens in the ocean it's crazy it's just what you want it to be at one point 
both of them are fighting on top of an aircraft carrier on in the ocean. That that's just special effects are crazy. <laughs> so you have that. So that happens, right? And 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 then they're saying, you know, we really need to this this slow boat to to Japan. This is ain't working out. It's taking too much time, and Godzilla's just gonna come back again and keep attacking because that's what he does, <laughs> right? So what's their solution? What's their solution to get his big hairy Kong's hairy butt all the way to Japan? Well, we'll just rope-a-dope him up with a bunch of wires and haul his butt via helicopter. <laughs> oh, uh, to, to, you know, to get the rest of the way. Oh, and yeah, and at, at first, they're not trying to get him to Tokyo. Uh, they, they feel that th this craziness is, uh, is, is emanating, and in, and in this story, you get almost like journey to the center of the earth, 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 combined with Godzilla. So they, they theorize that this power is going to center the earth, and because if you watch the first Kong movie, Skull Island, they establish that a lot of these creatures, titans, came up from the center of the earth for these vents. And so their big solution is, we're going to use the monkey <laughs> as, as we're going to set him free, and, and he's going to be like a canary in the mine. He's going to... When we're going to journey down to, to center Earth in these really funky ships and, and get, you know, Kong to, to source out where this source of power is. So, so that happens. So somehow they get him from the boat. We never see how he gets put in these ropes. Again, it just... It happens. And they haul his butt over to like Arctic land or something, where there's a vent to the to the center. That happens. And then suddenly he goes, and there's a whole bunch of creatures and crud down there. And and then it goes from there. He, he picks up a really cool weapon. And it goes and it and so the way to get him to Tokyo is is conveniently where they are in the center of the earth. It's right below Japan. It's just, what a coincidence. And so Godzilla senses, like, there's power going on down there. So he just sticks his head down, and poof, atomic breath brrr, drills down to the bloody planet. Right? Like a big, massive hole. And then that gets the monkey up, and then they start battling. And then, we get the, then they get the second battle in Tokyo. And this is a crazy Tokyo, man. This is like um, all neon buildings. And these guys, you think they fight dirty on the boat. Woo! When they get into a city, it is like they have the dirtiest fighters, man. They're just falling on each other's heads into buildings. And it's just... <laughs> and Kong's jumping around the buildings like at the jungle. And really, visually, it's amazing. I'm going to say, this is one of these movies I really wish I could have seen in a theater first time, man. I wish I could have seen it with a huge screen like IMAX would have been amazing. Full stereo sound. Man, I would love to see that. Just heard the crowd reactions when they were fighting, you know, the audience reactions when they were fighting. Dang it, I was robbed of that. And, and I, that's, you know, I'm glad to own it, but I really wish I could have seen it 
in a theater for the first time. I think it would have been, it even enhanced it. I mean, if you want big creatures fighting Bamo, and, and also while Kong's down in center earth, he, he, he finds, so there's more him battling other creatures too. Uh, kind of, he does one thing after he kills one, it's just like, you know, if you were eating popcorn, it would probably kill your appetite, but just saying. So, so they, they end up fighting, and then that leads them to, to confront a, an even bigger threat, which is kind of hinted at this whole movie. Part of the other subplot, besides monsters getting together and fighting, is this conspiracy theory uh, character, Bernie um, Hayes, played by Brian Tyree Henry, that the, um, that the Madison Russell character kind of hooks up with, with one of her friends. Who, who is believed that there's something more going on in the world. And that something more, there, there, there's your third fight where, you know, after, after the, you know, Godzilla and Kong have had their argument, it's a big old team up to fight this new threat. Now, I, I can tell you what the new threat is. Um, it's a good one, and it's a lot from Godzilla's past. I mean, it, it was leaked early when this movie came out in the theaters of, of who it is, the character it is. And, and it's your own damn fault. If you look at the trailer, it's like, if you know your Zilla lore, you know exactly who the character was. So it's a shame that that character got leaked ahead of time. Because again, that's another one in theaters. I would love to have experienced the audience reaction to the big reveal and any, you know, hardcore, you know, Kaiju Godzilla fans would be going, hey, it's that character. And I think it would have been a bigger moment, honestly. I think, unfortunately, that got a little bit spoiled. The battle is great, though. It, it really um, is just thrown down, giant animals. Like, in reality, that <laughs> poor Tokyo would have literally years, maybe decades to clean up after this. They just trashed the place. And then and the movie ends uh, in a way that, I don't know, I'm not sure where they go sequel-wise. It, it, it's, it's a little bit of, um, you know, okay, it, it, somewhat after the big fight done, it's like, okay, we're just going to leave it at this, you know? It's like a point where Zilla's going like, all right, I've said my piece. I'm done. I'm just gonna swim away. <laughs> kind of thing. And, and yeah, I mean, will it be another one in this franchise? I guess. Uh, makes money. I don't know where they're gonna go. I always knew, uh, after I saw that first Godzilla, that they were, they were pushing towards Godzilla versus Kong. So now that's done, where do you go from here? And uh, just, just, you know, because I, I kept track. So you had that first battle for nine minutes. In this two-hour movie, the only other time, he, the only time you actually had those two fighting, and, you know, I'm not counting all the fights they have with other creatures besides those two together. The, the only, the, the, there's nine more minutes uh, few, you know, after the, like, at the hour and 20 mark, you get another nine minutes of, Kong versus Zilla, and then you get 132, 
and to 142, which is the next big kind of monster battley thing. So in all, roughly, in, in, a, in an almost two-hour movie, you're only getting, and this is sad, and it should change, you're only getting a total of... You're only getting a total of 30 minutes, 30 minutes of actual monster, big fighting, Kongzilla fighting together, working together, blah, 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 stuff. That's kind of sad. That ratio is way off. Way too much time telling the human story stuff. There's so much of the human side, you could edit it out and just put in more monster fighting. Honestly. So many scenes that overall like weren't really necessary in the plot. I know actors need to get their face time. But you know what? I would rather see a movie with more monster battling and and it, oh cry me a river and all an actor doesn't get enough screen time. I'm sorry. You're starring in a giant monster movie. We're there the title. And and you're gonna complain about screen time? Go do another movie. Ah, and the other big name attached to this one is good old Alexander Skarsgård, uh, who plays a very interesting character. I always remember him from True Blood, but it was nice to see him uh, acting in this. He's, he's, the thing is, though, what a chameleon. You look at him in this movie, and you look at his character in, in True Blood, and man, could they look any different. It's like funny. I watched Tom Hiddleston... In 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 um <laughs> in um in in Kong Skull Island, and then I watch him in the new Loki show. And yes, I'll be talking about it on the show. I didn't get time this episode; it's far too big. But uh, I will talk about Loki and even Modok because I did check the first episode of that out in an upcoming edition of the show. Just too much room in this one. But if you, you compare the two actors. I mean, the actress in the two roles. Watching him, you know, back to about 17 as the character in Kong, and then present-day Loki, it's, it's, wow, it's like, wow. It's amazing that this is the same actor, the way he just changed himself up. So that's kind of how it is with that. Overall, a really good kind of monster movie. I just wish <laughs> there was more monsters, but I will give it credit. <laughs> yeah, at least there was quite a few daylight kind of fights and not so much like with the first Godzilla of the 14 where it was so much in the dark. Oi, <laughs> I want to see the monsters <laughs> for featurettes on this. Oh, and 4k, especially the Tokyo stuff with all those kind of lights. Gorgeous. <laughs> uh, when it comes to that <laughs> now for extras for this on this two disc set and all the extras, uh, for this are on the Blu-ray. Just so you know. Um, you, you get commentary by the director, Adam Wingard. So thank you for that. Not enough directors to commentary. Uh, you know, full disclosure, I did not get a chance to listen to the, the commentary. But I'm glad to see that director did it. You get not one, but ten featurettes on the Blu-ray over the hour. Worth a little mini featurettes, including, you know, the Phenomenon of Gojira, the King of the Monsters. So two 
groups of featurettes specifically on each of the monsters. And and a lot of clips of, you know, how they've evolved over time. Although, with the Godzilla one, I did not see any clips. I don't know if I did. From the 1998 Godzilla. Nor did I see any clips from the 1970s Kong in that montage. Lots of the 30s Kong. Might have even thrown a Peter Jackson Kong in there. But I don't think they showed any of the 70s Kong. And those, I have both of those in DVD. If you can find those, <laughs> that's something. So you have that. You have the evolution of Kong, eighth one of the world. Round one, battle at sea. Where they talk about the first battle. And then round two, one will fall. <laughs> Which is, okay, somebody's going to be a winner here. <laughs> so that is that. And the, 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 I like the featurettes that they, they purposely said in it that, you know, all these previous Kong movies are kind of the same. You know, he gets he gets brought to the big city and then he'd be dead. And they, they always wanted something different for his story. They wanted the, not to be a Kong movie where and, and that's how they did Skull Island. Different, different. They said, no, we don't want you know, it to be another Kong story. Where he comes to the city just to die. So, bravo to them for that. And what's interesting about these clips, a lot of these clips are interviewing people from, from Kong Skull Island, like Hiddleston and Brie Larson. I actually like Brie Larson better in Skull Island than I did in Captain Marvel. What does that tell you? And, and they interview them, and it's like they're wearing the outfits, and they have the look from those movies. So either they're pulling from behind the scenes from previous releases or there's just all this old footage that they never released previously. So it's kind of weird to see that happen. So that, that's neat uh, when it comes to that. So a good set of extras in this. No deleted scenes. That's what I don't get. That's a shame. And no gag reel, which would have been hilarious, but they didn't want to do it. So that's that. Oh, before we get into the packaging, because packaging is kind of cool, did I did want to talk about the old Kong movie <laughs> because I had to watch it. So I was able to find it. And, and in the old movie, Godzilla, much like the new one, there's a lot of parallels. He doesn't show up until 26 minutes into that movie, the original, and only for two minutes, and then he's gone. Kong doesn't show up until at least 34 minutes into the movie where he fights a giant octopus, <laughs> which I, I love the old school music, man. Especially the old Godzilla stuff. Uh, so that happens. And, and, and they, they, just like the modern one, they, in the old movie, they don't show how, they, they show how they drug the poor, the, the poor sap. <laughs> they, 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 they give them, I don't know, some maybe bad sacky in, in a jar or something. And they drug the poor big gorilla and, and, and drag him onto a raft to ship him over. A, a raft lined with explosives. In case things go wrong. And it's the same premise. Oh, Godzilla's going crazy. Let's drag this big monkey to fight him. <laughs> So, <coughs> so, so they, they drug him, but they never show how they got his big hairy ass onto the raft. Nope, you don't need to know. 
And so, uh, so you have that, and uh, I mean, they, they, and then at, and later on in the movie, they they have little fights here and there. The, the biggest fight, I mean, the first counter is like like an hour into it, like an hour and then three minutes. <laughs> you see, and, and back then, this is not CGI, folks. This is two guys in a suit <laughs> wrestling around and. Godzilla does this weird arm thing where he holds his arms out the sides and shakes them back and forth. <laughs> I don't know why he always did that. Um, and and so it, there's a you know it gets in the fight at one point. Godzilla uh, Kong's chewing power lines because he can. And 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 so the big way they 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 need to um, deal with Kong is, is Kong goes crazy. And of course, he grabs a girl, and then they're trying to free the girl. So what do they do? <laughs> they on on the island, these natives used a mix of the stuff in the jar and and, and rhythmic drumming, singing so put him to sleep. So so one of the scientist dudes somehow has a drum from the island somehow, which is conveniently nearby, and he's wailing away, and then the chanting is funneled in from the ether. Knocks the poor monkey out, <laughs> and then just like in the in the in the new one, they net the poor boy up, and 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 fly him over to Godzilla, and and you but you actually see him you know get out of the net, and then they fight and they roll around and it's all that kind of stuff, and and they lift him over with balloons, giant balloons, it's so so that happens. They 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 fight for a bit more. They eventually <laughs> roll into the water. It's like bubbly 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 bubblies, and then and then and then you just see Kong like after they've demolished a good chunk of the city. You, you just see like at one point they're both fighting each other and destroying a city in between, like a, a building in between. So I'm throwing the water, and and then Kong resurfaces. And he's like, I'm done with you people. And he just starts swimming, walking away from it all. No, no sign of Godzilla. And he's like, I, that's it. I'm outie, man. I'm going back to my island. I've had enough of this. And that's how it ends. That's how the old movie ends. And like, holy moly. The, the way they used to film stuff. So that's comparison there. So there's, there's a bonus older movie review in there for you. And already this, you know, gigantic show. Uh, for packaging, uh, I will say this. I don't call it slips too often, but I love the slip in this one. It's like, it's right from the movie where both of them are just going at each other. Just picture that. Both mouths open, like, you know, like, like Schwarzenegger and like Stallone. At each other, pretty much, and that's on the 4K. The um, Blu-ray has the shot of of um, Kong on 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 um, on the boat, and you just see the fin of of Zilla just going the water towards him. And, and I don't comment on discs very much, but the disc art now normally Blu-rays in these days it's like they're they're blue and then the 4Ks are black. It's stupid boring. There's no artwork. For these, I'll give them credit. On the um, Blu-ray, it's green with a Kong footprint 
kind of etched in it. You got to look really carefully. On the 4K, it's red with a Godzilla footprint that's etched in on it, if you look really carefully. That's neat. That's a, a nice little touch to that. Uh, overall, I mean, if you like a good monster movie, good popcorn movie, huzzah. I don't know where they're going to go in the MonsterVerse from this, man. I mean, you, you've, you've done the big battle. You know, unless something from space comes in to, to threaten to Earth, and then, okay. Or or they, they go back to the center world, and it's, you know, during the center of the Earth part, whatever. <laughs> happening. But overall, uh, it, it's it's a fun movie, and and definitely, if, if you just want to see giant behemoths beating the living poop out of each other and fighting dirty, then, then you get what you pay for. So that is my take of Godzilla versus Kong on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this, once again, giant monster of a show. Yeah, I had to throw in one more because... I, it's, I don't do that that often. Enjoy, kaiju fans. I just had to do it. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I didn't intend to make this show this big, but that's just sometimes the way the ball bounces. <laughs> As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the retweets and follows and likes on Twitter. And welcome to some of the new people that uh, joined me on Twitter, uh, courtesy of uh, me doing the big Xbox event. Thank you. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. And as always, if you follow me, I will follow you on Twitter. I mean that, sincerely. I will. So that is cool. And of course, you can check out all new shows right here on the TalkShoe Network. I'm caller ID 18411. That is my show number on TalkShoe. Check out all new episodes right here. Also, uh, you can check out new episodes linked with uh, Google Play and Spotify, which is cool, and many other directories across the world wide web. Now, if you want, you want to do a little more retro when it comes to me, you can check out my original website at Libsyn at http full colon backslash backslash Rambling Russ, R-A-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S dot Libsyn, that's dot L-I-B-S L-I-B-S Y as a Yankee, N as November dot com, that's our original home on internet where I have six-ish plus years of podcasting goodness from 2006 to about 2013-14. Then I switched to a more regular basis here on TalkShoe. Lots of great content there, including ooh, four years of convention coverage from Fan Expo, lots of great interviews and reviews and guests, and lots of fun content. And you can listen to how the sound of back, back when the show started. And, and it, they're early shows, so just, you know, cut me some slack. All right, uh, for some of them. But yeah, uh, feel free to do so. And you can check those older episodes as well in iTunes under the um, podcast, this type of round with Russell. And also among many other directories across the world wide web. Alrighty. And I do have Instagram, although, you know, I try to use it, but it's confusing. My wife says, oh, it's easy, but whatever. And you can check out my Facebook page as well. And... As always, I have I have done a wish list, an Amazon wish list 
for the show, I believe I've organized it now as lowest price to highest price. If you want to be, you want to do an interactive, you want to take part in interactive podcasting, if you want to control this show, if you want to control what I review, here's your chance. If you look at that wish list, anything I put on that Amazon wish list and that link to that will be in these shows no, show notes. And I will put that link in Twitter as well. If you want to steer this show in the direction you want, I uh, put on that uh, wish list. Anything on that list, you you purchase it and and contribute to the, you know help help the show out because you know. And uh, anything that's picked from there, I will review. If 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 you you know make a donation and get it. Uh, and it gets sent to me, I will review the show, and I will absolutely credit you for doing so. Now, if you want to remain anonymous, you absolutely can. Uh, but but if you, if you don't, I, I will credit your name when I review said project. And everything in there, I will absolutely cover. And many things in there are things I will probably get more into in the coming year. I just... I don't have the exact setup where I'm recording right now to do exactly what I want to do. I have so many ideas. Um, but it's something I, I really want to explore. So you want to help me explore it? There it is. And, uh, and it doesn't matter what you pick from there. Some things are not that expensive. Some things are crazy expensive. I don't set prices. And some things I put on the list are in pre-orders. Some I know are not going to be coming out to like july or august or whatever at the time of this recording so keep in mind if you order something that's on pre-order i still appreciate it but i won't get it until it finally gets released i won't get it early but you know just the one that the, the deal still stands and you don't have to do it you know it's not a prerequisite you can enjoy the show however you want it would just help me out and then give you some creative input into the show anything i put there I will talk about. Absolutely, I will review. And and, and I, certain things, I, I just don't have to set up here. But but if you select from it, I'll I'll make it work somehow. You'll just put the burn on my butt to do something quicker because I got some things in the wings. All right, so so that is it. Uh, what's coming up on future editions of the show? And no, I'm not going to keep making super long ones like this. Trust me. Uh, coming up in the next edition of the show, I'll be giving you my Blu-ray review of a brand new release from the great folks uh, at WellGo USA. It is Deliver Us from Evil on the Blu-ray. And speaking of evil, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you another uh, digital review. This time it is The Unholy Digital Review. And that is courtesy of Sony Home, Sony Home Pictures, or Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Uh, of a, a, a very scary-ish kind of movie. It's nice to do scary once in a while. You know, I don't do a lot of scary lately, but nice to do that. And I just got a copy recently of the brand, of the new release of the Indiana Jones movies, freshly released on Blu-ray the Four movie collection, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. So I will be giving that check out for y'all. And as well, and the re-release of Laura Croft Tomb Raider on 4K, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. I may have mentioned I was going to talk about it in this show, but no way, Jose. Sorry. 
this show is way too long and I'm not going to fit it in. So that's going to get bumped to the next one. And as well, the next show, I, I will be getting uh, reviewing the, uh, the new movie, Nobody, Nobody, courtesy of Universal Home Entertainment. And in addition to reviewing the movie, uh, the nice folks at Universal are giving me a chance to give you a chance to win not one, not one, but two chances to get a, a um, Blu-ray copy of that movie. Long as you live in North America, I have two copies. Two different people can get a copy of said movie when I review it. So look for that coming up. And and it's gonna it's gonna be this usual. I'm gonna give a question at the end of the show. It's gonna the answer will be in the review of the movie. You just gotta listen. And the first two people that DM me the answer on my Twitter, Bamo one two free copy of the movie on Blu-ray for you. That easy, courtesy of me and the nice folks at Universal Home Entertainment. How much more can you ask? I like to give where I can on this show. So that is all coming up on future editions of the show. I still need to get through the, the um, Helter Skelter miniseries 2 on DVD. I started that, but I'm going to get around to finishing that from Paramount Home Entertainment. So that is all stuff coming up. Why did I talk like Kermit all of a sudden? I don't know. Uh, on, on this very show, I don't know. It's, it's, y'all have no idea how much talking I've done today. Y'all don't know. Behind the scenes. So that is it for me for this show on another big show. And thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble Russell. Bye, everybody.